0: Is, uh, smoke probably. Large voluminous clouds of smoke. <laughs> no, it does <laughs>
1: All right, episode 14, Folklore Brewing Company, Dothan, Alabama, and we are talking about Folklore Brewing Company. We are here with Jeremy Pate, owner, brewer. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, how are you? I'm Charlene. I'm one of the hostesses. Uh, Justin um, has a bit of a sinus infection, and he had a a photo shoot to do, so he couldn't be here with us today. So Tim is filling in for Justin. Hey, Tim. Howdy. Howdy. How are you? I'm
2: very well. Thank you,
1: you. I, of course, you're well. You have like a fresh folklore brewery brew and a brand new Cuban cigar.
2: It's not Cuban. It's a Honduran <laughs> cigar. If it <laughs> was a Cuban cigar, it would be in violation of the uh, trade embargo. With do Cuba. we
1: still have a trade embargo? I thought no, we were allowed to go off. to Cuba. I, I think we're that's allowed off. to go. Oh, that, it's, yeah, a Cuban then. It, it's a Cuban. It's <laughs> good. You're allowed to say all that. Excellent. It's a Honduran
0: Cuban. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right, so Jeremy, I am so excited about this episode because this is one of my favorite places in Dothan. If you guys have uh, just started listening to this podcast and you're like, what is this about? I've been asked a couple times about where you find podcasts. You can find this one on thelocalpodcast.com, which you would be there by now, but nice. that's where you can find it. And uh, this podcast is all about things that are here to do in Dothan, so it's all about local stuff. Because how many times have we heard people say there's nothing to do in Dothan?
0: Absolutely, the
1: absolute falsity. Why? So many amazing things to do in Dothan. That's right. Are you ready? I'm gonna and we're gonna start grilling you. Are oh you boy. ready? Okay. All right, I've got questions lined up. Justin would be so proud. Okay, what did you do before beer? Can you even remember? Okay, hold it. This is a two-
2: <laughs> this is a two part question. Okay what did you do before beer and what brought you to beer how did you make the pre-beer to beer transition so what did you do before and what was your transitional to beer
0: well <clears throat> i will say that i was not the best uh, adolescent young man and i probably drank all the beer i ever wanted by the time i was 17. <laughs> And um, basically I realized When
1: did you learn you were in love with beer? <laughs> 17? Are Better we,
0: question These are decade questions Do you want to limit it? I'm getting old So we, not, we might need to limit it to 10 year and, and further you know? uh, But no, basically um, I had no desire whatsoever to drink any beer I was actually of a legal age I was 22, maybe 23 And uh, I think I was 22 years old I'd never bought a legal beer and um I, I went down the road and i picked up a your just fill in the blank average tasteless beer super cheap it was super right, cheap right right and I, I drank two tall boys out here in the back field of my grandparents uh, farm which we're sitting on now and uh, i even shared a little sip with my dog um, <laughs> right on he, he seemed to like it all right but uh I, I choked down two tall boys and i had a little buzz and i said you know i remember now why i don't drink beer and and I just thought, you know, this is, why would you drink it unless you're just trying to absolutely get ripped? And then the, if you're just going to get ripped, why not drink something that tastes good? So I didn't know that there were beers out there that had uh, flavor and color and bitterness and all this. So the answer your question is, uh, before I was brewing beer, I did not drink beer. And uh, in 97, I popped in at a little homebrew shop in Fort Walton, Florida, mm-hmm. and picked up a $60 homebrew kit. Uh, from like the standard little, all comes in in, in the five-gallon bucket? Weird plastic bucket that you can't yep. buy in the store. Right. A uh, can of malt that's swollen yep. up because it's probably 10 years old. <laughs> and uh, and, a, and a, a, a crusty packet of dry yeast that's probably been
2: there since.
0: Prohibition. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, I proceeded to uh, listen to him. He gave me uh, a very badly bootlegged Xerox copy of The Joy of Home Brewing. <laughs> it was like eight pages, <laughs> one of which was readable, and none of it made sense <laughs> to me. So, I started brewing this batch of beer, not knowing what I was doing. And, uh, and it was just awful. It was just terrible. It was bomb- bombs exploding in the closet. <laughs> Uh, you would open the cap, and it would gush up a column of foam about five feet, and uh, it was it was not pleasant. And I probably should have quit then, but uh, but you know, I, this was in '97, and there was like five websites. You know, the internet. Yeah, right, the internet consisted of five websites yeah. in its entirety. We're on dial-up, folks.
1: Was there an yeah. internet then, really?
2: There no, was internet. There was, but it was. Al Gore
1: invented
2: it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it was a raging 13.3 <laughs> you know. But yeah, so it was, uh, it was a series of meeting people and uh, sharing knowledge with other uh, homebrewers, which we didn't realize at the time is completely illegal in the state of Alabama back in the 90s. And only until about two, three years ago, I think three or four years ago, actually, homebrewing was legalized in Alabama. You were technically a bootlegger. Technically, um, yeah, it was completely illegal to homebrew beer. But how else are you going to learn? And we have lost, that I know of, at least temporarily we lost at least three capable brewers from the state of Alabama. We exported jobs and businesses from the state of Alabama for this law being in effect since Prohibition. We lost uh, Dale, the guy that started Dale's Pale Ale at Oscar Blues. Right. Uh, he was from Auburn, and uh, he moved to Colorado, a more friendly beer-friendly state. Right,
1: more everything-friendly state. Yeah.
0: And uh, Wayne Wombles, uh, mm-hmm. head brewer of brewer's Cigar City. Um, incredible wow. talent. Uh, the 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 guy I go to and ask for advice is Wayne. where
2: where was he at in uh, Alabama?
0: He was actually living here in Dothan, brewing at Poplar Head oh. and get a,
2: out of town. Yeah,
0: through through a series, we grew up in the same town, Enterprise, Alabama, and uh, never knew each other there. But I met him at the at the brew pub. So this is kind of getting into. We're the,
2: moving into our transitional. Yeah, period. yeah,
0: this could be a four hour segment. <laughs> it's all
1: right. It's all right.
0: But uh, so basically. Uh, Uh, Through this series of meeting people, I ran into a couple, uh, Ron and Sharon Montefusco, who are uh, completely Italian, they love to cook, they were making wine, and they knew how to make beer, and they actually lured me over to their house one night. I thought for sure they are going to harvest my kidneys. (laughs) And uh, I'm I'm driving around in the backwoods going around Cottonwood looking for this place, and I see some kind of a roadhouse bar with neon lights in the window, and I'm I'm completely lost. So. I'm going to ask this nice people over here if they can help me find this place I'm looking for. And sure enough, it's Ron and Sharon, this couple, and they've got homebrew, and they got a little brew kit, and they're you know pioneers of homebrewing in Alabama. So uh, they start around 96. Sorry, what was the question again? Yeah. No, so. you're fine. Keep <laughs> no, you're going. Fine. We're transitioning. No, we're, we're trying transitioning. to get
1: to how we got here, but the history of the whole so, thing. Homebrew
0: homebrewing to me was just a fascinating mystery. Why does beer? Why is beer what beer is? How do you get alcohol in it? What's happening? And all I knew at the time was that um, you didn't
1: it, really like it.
0: I didn't like it, but uh, I was curious about the process. I was right. I was fascinated with what goes into how do you do it, and I wanted to kind of actually kind of liked the uh, folklore, if you will, of uh, <laughs> what used <laughs> to be magic. They would have a special stick oh, yeah. that they would stir cooled wort with back in you know say the fifteen hundreds or thirteen hundreds, and they would stir this special sacred staff or paddle down right. into this uh cooled wort and they didn't know at the time but the was, thing was full of holes and it was all you know porous and it had it had clinged uh yeast in the pores of it and they're using that paddle uh saying you know sacred hymns and things <laughs> over it you know and and they're inoculating the wort putting right. the yeast that needs to be in place for the wort to turn to sugar into alcohol yeah
1: and they didn't. They didn't know. No, they
0: didn't they had, know how it worked. Had no idea. So <laughs> I, I, I was, I guess, romanticized that aspect of the magic element of it. Right. And uh, so, as a curiosity, I started to play with it, and uh, then finally figured out. Well, okay, this is how we make beer, and we started making beer. I started making beer that didn't blow up in the closet, <laughs> and uh, then we really began to help each other and hone our talents. You know, and that's why you know Ron, Sharon, Wayne were such good friends. A good friend of mine, Harry. Uh, we still work together today on the financial side of the, of the brewery. But, uh, you know, we're out learning and in our w- in our own way pioneering it for us, ourselves. Just sort of trial and error, figuring it out. Absolutely. And so uh, this kind of led up to a summit where we would begin to compete with, uh, you know, homebrew competitions outside of Alabama, which we now have Alabama homebrew competitions. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, this development though but but i want to say though the one thing that the integral change that took place beyond the curiosity for me of just figuring out how to make beer Mm -hmm. it was there's got to be a beer out there that tastes good and i and i would go to atlanta and uh i remember greens liquor was one of them and they would i would just go and buy a bottle of everything i could find and uh, i would fill up these little miniature grocery carts and then i would have like a, a caravan of carts and then the People in the store would say, "Oh, look, we got one," and they would start helping me. Oh, you want this? Yeah, you know, That looks good. That looks good. Try this. Good. Try that. Try this. I'd, you know, I'd buy like three hundred dollars worth of beer, and I'd have this massive amount of you know single bottles of things of good beer. Yeah, imported mostly all imported because in ninety seven there's Was a lot. it's not really a whole lot you can no. get you know domestically. Um, so, I found out that I really like German beer, and I really like German lagers. So uh, for, you know, a couple years, all I did was brew German lagers and answer your question in the future is, yes, I will be making some German lagers. We'll be be heading back to uh, our roots on that eventually, you know, but uh, so that's that's our process as far as, uh, you know, mentally of of like learning about beer, uh, starting to figure out my own style and my tendencies of what I liked. And I only brew really what I like.
1: But, but, but at this time, when you're talking about it, you're, you're brewing what you like. At this point, it's not a business yet. It wasn't. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like we're going to have Folklore Brewing Company. It's going to be at this particular no, place. No, it was a hobby. Remember when yeah, I was brewing? I mean, it was yeah, just because I, mean, I
2: liked good beer. Right. And I was trying to make the stuff that I liked. Yeah. So, and sometimes I succeeded. Sometimes I failed miserably. Right. But you know, So you would, at
1: some point in there, your beer was really good. And then and then what? Like, what was the next stage after? I, I know how to do this.
0: Well, I'm good at it. Beginning to, um, you know, I guess I'm I'm very OCD about processes. I'm fascinated with them. I love how it's made. Anything involving a factory, documentaries. I watched a subtitle. How it's made. Yeah, I yeah. watch subtitles, whatever I can get, just to learn and see different processes and understand how they're doing it. That's my attraction to the to the the business besides the. The enjoyment, and the alcohol, and, right? The know. pour it
2: inside the glass, the other end of it, the process right. to get there,
0: right? And so I excelled at that, and um, it it came into to play that there was an opening at Poplarhead Brewing Company in 1999,
1: downtown Dothan. Downtown which for Dothan. For those listening that know old Dothan, it was huge. Now Popperhead was like
2: Metro Music, correct?
1: Metro music and a, and a beauty salon. Snobs,
2: yeah. I think. Snobs. snobs, right? Hair
1: salon, but at one time it was. No, no, we. I, I, it was I, the spot. I
2: enjoyed your beer. Many many years before I knew, knew you
0: at at uh, Well, I would go in and, and work there. The first time I went there, I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, you know, I had homebrew knowledge, but uh, there was nobody around, and had I not learned homebrewing, you know, technically not legally. Let's just say in the state of Florida, you know. <laughs> you know.
1: But homebrewing is pretty small batches. I mean, you're making them for you and your friends. Yeah, how
0: big were you yeah. working with uh, how big at big uh, Yeah, I uh, know oh. uh, at, 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 uh, at Poplar How Ed. big
1: of a uh, production?
0: It's actually a, a seven-barrel system that was there. Um, I believe it was a cross system. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I'm,
2: I mean, it sat right there in the front corner, right? When you came in right. the door.
0: That's right. And uh, seven barrels is about 217 gallons, I believe. Thirty-one gallons per barrel, right. and uh, it was a direct fire system. And we believe that that system was actually built uh, by prisoners. It's called a cross system, and this guy had capitalized using uh, welders from prison systems to make brew systems. Really, I have no idea if that's true, but that's that's one of my one of the little leads. That little doth in history for yeah. you.
1: Now. Um, I had a the client the other day that I was talking to, and she also does catering on the side. And she was a really good cook at home. And so, like, she could cook for her family, maybe a party of 12. But then when she started catering, you're having to make food for totally 30, 40, game. 50 people. And she said to me, which is funny that you just brought it up, it's not about, like, just doubling, tripling, quadrupling a recipe. Yeah. It's a whole different... Ball game I would assume the same is for beer like you have to learn how to completely brew on a different level
0: there's things that you just can't know unless you do it or learn it the hard way you know there's there's books you can read and there's home brewing and and you know even you, you could say what we're doing now is just stepped up homebrew uh, but you know we have some really advanced techniques and uh, skipping skipping ahead uh, through my love of process I began very to become very proficient at understanding how to process and how to work with limited equipment, right? And that goes back to Poplar Head and home brewing. I mean, it was was right. some stuff there that was pretty, pretty hinky.
2: Uh, well, I mean, you got to you, you got to work with what what you got. When you have limited facilities, limited space, trying to turn out but as I- much beer as possible. You gotta get creative.
1: But I also think that's a skill that a lot of people don't possess. They don't know how to make something out of nothing. Southern like, I think engineering. It's very important to be able to be like, This is what we have, we'll make the best of what we right. have and then grow. And a lot of people are like, No, 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 I need the most expensive this. I need... no, you gotta be able to if you can do it with this, you can do it with anything mm-hmm. kind of deal. So you were working at Poplar Head and then you're still not at Folklore Brewing Company. What happened?
0: Well, there's a lot of time that, that took place for- there and you know I would work at Popperhead and there was a series of managers and things that would ch- take place and reasons to to not be there right and yeah. which is airports. all a learning
1: process for your own place but did you have your own place in mind at that time was no this-
0: no and I, actually I want to say that um, uh, yes I mean I, I I did have an idea and uh, Wayne Wombles and I we discussed opening up a brewery I want to say about ninety eight. Right. You know, opening our own thing and, and you know, sitting in a hotel room. I, I'm, on a, I'm on the road, uh, you know, with a, my job and, you know, in a hotel dreaming about having my own brewery, doing something I want to do. I mean, that's a long time ago, but uh, it was not until I uh, left Dothan and went to Atlanta and worked at uh, Dogwood Brewing Company before I f- really feel like I began to come into my own and understand commercial process. And that's working for somebody else. Totally different game. Yeah, 60 hours a week. And this is 2003 now. Mm -hmm. uh, $10 an hour, 60 hours a week, no overtime. I I didn't know that that's actually very legal. (laughs) But we never got overtime. Uh, It's like, oh, you want to work extra? Great. (laughs) Yes, I love beer.
1: (laughs) Who doesn't want to work extra at beer? Absolutely. uh, Yeah,
0: so uh, anyway, it was there I began to learn uh, maintenance. I actually took a job uh, cleaning the glue The label gluer, or I don't know what you call the stupid thing, but I was manufacturing repair pieces for an Italian machine, and the manual is completely in Italian. (laughs) I'm working on uh, electrical equipment that I'm nowhere even close to qualified to to touch. They have uh, DC. By the way, this is for, like, electrical nerds out there. Yeah, DC, AC. DC is direct current. AC is alternating current. DC, you touch the two posts on a car battery. Nothing's going to happen unless you do metal to metal. DC will kill you. You touch, yeah, you stick your finger in a socket and <laughs> tell me what happens. Well, they had mixed DC and AC uh, things together. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, and I learned the value of wearing insulated uh, shoes and <laughs> using tools that weren't made of metal. You know, like metal-handled <laughs> screwdrivers, for example. Not a good choice. But that's that's where I... Began to really love. To, I got. I was able to do a lot of those things that I'm fascinated with. Right. And um, there's you know there's there's experiences before all this, but that was when it started, really started to commercial sink in. process. That's was,
1: right. Was that when it sunk in that you're like one day I'm going to have my own brewery? Like was it just at that point like a collection mm. of knowledge? Like everything you know everything happens for a reason. So were you building that knowledge That's, at that time? Did, is that when it kind of clicked in that you're like I've learned all these things for something?
0: That is when I got. Uh, foolish I got foolish at that point because uh, after having worked for this brewery for a little while and and understanding how it worked I believed at the time that I had all the knowledge that I needed right and you know now today I know that's not true even after I don't know uh, I don't know how many years we're talking now since 99 that I started was that 18 years 16 17 years Mm -hmm. But even in that time, I'm still learning every single day. Mm-hmm. And, it, and uh, you know, what, what I lacked at that time was, you know, real long-term experience and money. And by say careless, I mean that I uh, actually quit this job, uh, went to work with a friend down in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, didn't work out. Hope was that I'm going to make $50,000 cash and we're going to start up our brewery. Right. You know, we're going to do this. Right. And uh, my brewery that I had in mind was a little different from Wayne and mine I idea was uh, we, we were going to do nocturnal brewing together, you know, creatures of the night. It's all going to feature creatures of the night, you know, an owl hunts at night, you know, right. uh, cats, you know, whatever. Right. It's not going to be house cats and owls, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah. And so, uh, and but I was going to do, I'm obsessed now with German beer, I'm obsessed with lagers and I'm going to name my brewery Wise Owl Brewing. But I'm not going to do it uh, Wiseau Brewing in English. I'm a real, uh, now I think, you know, German beer geek nerd. So I'm going to do Wiseau Brewing in German, which would have sounded something like this Brewery. Too much. Yeah, <laughs> hey everybody! This weekend, let's go out to Visul Brewery. <laughs> we're gonna have a, what? We're gonna have fresh what German in lager. What? Visc- Viscaroo? Yeah, yeah, Brewing? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's brewed right here in Dothan. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> so yeah, that was a bad idea. But uh, so ultimately, it was a flop. I left the brewery job, which was really going nowhere, and uh, for me, this and, was in Jacksonville. Uh, that was actually in Lanet at Dogwood okay. Brewing. Okay. The Jacksonville thing was was a flop, but what I mean a flop wasn't that it was Jacksonville. Is that the idea was a failure? Right. You know, is what it was. I was sick of what. The gaining
1: I was, the fifty thousand dollars and the right, right, yeah. right, right.
0: That wasn't happening, and what It's it's easy to become uh, lured by what you really when you're not un, or you're not happy with the situation that you're in. It's very easy to deceive yourself right. and to tell yourself that the right thing to do is really the wrong thing to do. Right. Which was to leave the job that I had that actually was stable to get rid of the vehicle that actually <laughs> ran and did what it was supposed to do and I bought a lemon and I lost my job and you know I ended up running back to Alabama defeated and uh and had to start all over again so that was 2004
1: now you and I have hung out cuz uh, obviously I've uh, we here about this. a lot yeah. but um uh,
0: 2004
1: like we you and I did it at you I got the opportunity to help you do a, a booth one time. That was awesome. It was super fun. It was super fun. Oh, it yeah. was super fun. Yeah. Uh, but you and I had a long car ride. It was just you and me. Yeah. And the I think just as friends, one of the most interesting things about you, which I think kicks off the whole folklore brewing thing, that people may not know because they didn't dig far enough, is that you were a picker at one time. So where in nah. the Atlanta, Jacksonville, on the road, were you also like – picking antiques and reselling antiques which led to the double-decker bus Which that one? I.E. started Folklore Brew Company. I want to get into that because that's an amazing story.
0: Yeah, you know, I know that we we don't have unlimited time, but we do you know. actually. It's a podcast, <laughs> and you on. have
1: unlimited beers, so we can be here for hours. This could go
0: on for hours. All right, but we want to be concise because uh, you know I don't want people to suffer through details. But um, okay, well, all right. So in uh, 2003, actually, I'm sorry, late 2003, I returned back to Alabama, it didn't work out for me. I was getting burned out, working too hard, not making any money, barely barely surviving. Looking back on it, um, Atlanta was a good experience for me. It's you know hard to see it when you're in it, but you know you look back on it, you think, man, those were actually some pretty awesome times. Oh yeah. And uh, I was still friends with Wayne Wombles. He was working at Buckhead Brewery at the time, and uh, I would I literally planted carnations for them just to find extra work to do up there while I was working full time. Uh, in overtime without being paid where, overtime where
1: were you p- planning carnations Wh-
0: wherever I mean I'm just saying <laughs> I, I would do any, anything anything you gotta understand uh, $10 an hour uh, it's is, not a lot well no and $600 a week you can. we could barely survive splitting in rent. Atlanta yeah. in Atlanta yeah we were roomies up there and uh, and basically you know eight 900 dollars a month rent utilities all this kind of stuff I'm counting out change to get gas to go to work and
1: nobody told you about the overtime situation
0: <laughs> now we know <laughs> You know, and, and certainly nobody works here over 40 hours and does not get <laughs> overtime. All right. Shame on me. But uh, but yeah, so the the picking part, this is something for, I guess, people out there that um, are, you know, like I say, unhappy with what you're doing. And, you know, you're not making enough or you're, you're either you're spending too much, or you're not earning enough you right. know, or maybe a combination of those things. But uh, basically, uh, I came back. I took an old job that I had walked away from in 2002. I was a route salesman. I would actually travel, and right. uh, I would drive 1,500 miles a week. It was, it was terrible, and uh, I, everybody I would come in contact with, I enjoyed talking to him and hanging out. But I was a, I was a reluctant salesman, so I hated to sell things.
1: I think it's important though. Like I know you're gonna get, like discouraged in the middle of this, but I think people want to build their own business, and I think it's really cool to find out what the processes of oh, yeah. building your own business. Because people yeah. think it's so easy. Oh, I think people right. think that having your own business is the easiest I mean, thing all in the of a world. You're making all this
2: money, and you're yeah? Like the they just look at a beach house. Well, yeah. no, I think they Don't look you know at people loaded? that yeah. are su- <laughs> they
1: look at people that are successful, and they're like, "Oh, I opened a restaurant, and that's why I'm successful." But nobody told you the process. No. Of opening the restaurant, you had to follow the chef around, you had to be interested in food, you had to, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes on the end, middle and the, you know,
0: -hmm.
1: yeah. So you're in a job you hated, but you're traveling around.
0: Yeah, traveling, you know, and and so I actually took an old job back and they they were happy to have me and I did a really good job, even though I did it kind of half-assed. But I I still did a really good job and I would excel at it, but uh, so I'm doing that, I'm biding my time. And uh, I'm looking for an out. I need an out because I'm I'm still unhappy. I left. Right, the you're job not doing what you like it. to do. Yeah. it's not your thing. And I would all, what it, what it is. I would work full time at this other job, and I would work part time at, at breweries. I would you know do whatever I needed to do uh, my regular job because you it was really difficult to make any money. I mean, three hundred dollars a week brewing beer that didn't happen. Oh, you man. know what Gosh. I mean? I mean, you're talking minimum wage is what four thirty five probably five fifty something like that. So it's not. At like, that time. Yeah, at, at that time. time. So, yeah. uh, wait, don't tell the staff here that. Yeah, okay, no. yeah. I know. I know. Still. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Three fifty an right. hour. 3 if you're <laughs> really good. But, uh, yeah, so uh, basically, I'm looking for an out. And I'm, you know, I'm walking downtown one day, and there's this place called the Grand Mayan. The Popperhead had closed uh, about 2003. Yep. I was not a part of that. Long gone. Yeah. But um, so I've come back and this place is basically just sat there collecting dust.
1: The this Grand was, Mayan. It was in Dothan?
0: Yeah. what is now called The Grand. Let me tell you, The Grand now is awesome. The place is oh, beautiful. It's, oh, I
1: know. Yeah, it's yes. like a wedding destination. It's beautiful.
0: I was actually commissioned to bring a crew in there and uh, clean the place out, get it prepped. You know, and, uh, and but one of the and that was a, as a result of basically uh, walking down the street and looking and seeing the old Popperhead Brew System over there. Oh, they'd moved it. They had taken it out. Some uh, things had changed hands. Uh, Terry Bowlerd, uh, he was actually the guy that headed up the mm-hmm. Popperhead Brewing Company in the mm-hmm. '90s, but he had sold, and uh, uh, so this Dr. Hillman comes in and he's buying up properties downtown, and he's got it in his mind he's going to open up this Mexican restaurant brew pub. Okay. Which I don't know of one that's being done right now, which is not a bad idea. I mean, I'd go for some Tex-Mex now. It's not right now. horrible. Yeah, it
2: just it's never got horrible. any traction.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they opened up for two weeks, never brewed beer, and then shut it down, never opened again. So I'm, I'm looking at dust building on this thing. And, and so I look up the, the property manager's number, and long story short, I ask if it's for sale. And they say, well, maybe, you know, what, what do you got? It's like, well, I don't really have anything, but if you'll let me sell it, you know, and uh, get a commission on it, then, you know, we'll see what we can do. And yes, I am responsible for the sale, loading, transfer, and complete transaction for this doctor liaison, this deal, and sold a uh, seven barrel brew system on eBay. Okay, and this is eBay in like the The day. W-
2: eBay 1.0. This
0: is like Wall Street stock market, you know, 80s kind of like <laughs> debauchery. On eBay, right? You, know? you could get Beanie Babies and everything else you wanted, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah. So uh, basically, Jeff's,
1: Jeff's here. He's saying goodbye. Yeah. Bye, Jeff, Jeff is one of the brewers. Bye, Jeff.
0: <laughs> uh, so uh, basically, I sell this thing. I make a little bit of money, and, and I've got a few thousand dollars now. Right. And it's like, wow, it's interesting. I have a couple grand that I don't really need. You know. I didn't have to work. Uh, yeah. Just. Yeah. I mean, they, and I could quit my job, but I thought to myself, hmm. What can I do with this? Right. So I would then, what
1: else can I sell? Yeah. What else can I sell on e- <laughs> yeah. eBay?
0: And what's the world outside of Beanie Babies? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then I start looking at um, different things, uh, what's needed. And uh, then I would, in, in knowing this doctor, I, I never actually sold any medical equipment because you have to be very much licensed right. for that. But I would find people, and they would write checks to the the clinic and uh, you know other clinics throughout Dothan would shut down or move or relocate. And I'm starting. I'm moving like skin lasers and ridiculous things. So, so you are
1: doing like a side medical supply.
0: It was brokering dealing. of everything that that flies, crawls, <laughs> uh, uh, bulldozers <laughs> to skin lasers. There's hey. nothing out there, and all I'm doing is I'm I'm just saying, hey, you're just a middleman. This is here. If you need Do it, you let me it? know. Yeah, yeah. I can put I can, you in touch with the people yeah. who can make it happen. I'm still a reluctant salesman, though, and I hate to sell things. So, <laughs>
1: right. you know,
0: all I'm doing is presenting things. What are you things, willing to
1: pay for it? That pe- sounds great.
0: Well, you're in <laughs> California, and you just bid on the Poplar Head Brew System. You know, so this is going to be your brew system because you're buying it in California. Is,
2: is that where it went? It is
0: actually where it went. It came became, uh, I think it was the Nat Tabby or something like that. Uh, I think they make kombucha now. Yeah. I don't know whatever happened to it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and in hindsight, if I had been really smart, I would have bought that system myself, went out and took out a loan, and then just sat on it. Right. But that goes against my philosophy don't buy equipment until you're ready and you can do everything you need to do. Right. You know, but so. I'm 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 wrapping up this part of the story because you don't have
1: to rush. You're fine.
0: We're we're just just kind of building up and establishing that. How in the world did I start selling and brokering things for people? Right. And uh, and how did I start selling breweries? And so this all began. Uh, the journey into folklore really didn't start until I started selling breweries. And by selling the breweries, uh, I'm I'm finding people, I'm tearing things apart, I'm learning so, more about it.
1: So wait, you, you, okay, I didn't get this on a drive oh. to Florida that day. You were selling breweries?
0: That's what, yeah, it's kind of led into it. And like you
1: were selling brewery equipment. Like people were shutting down breweries and you are exchanging a brewery, brewery equipment.
0: A brewery that I worked for over in uh, Macon, Georgia, the uh, Texas Cattle Company in Macon, Georgia. That was, that was really fun. I got to do contract brewing with a friend named Chris Hagamas. Uh, his dad was a, a consultant for breweries throughout the Southeast in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I don't know if you remember the Atlanta Beer Gardens. They used to be really a hit. Uh, you know, there was John Harvard's back then, uh, Rock Bottom Brewery. There was a lot of like little brew pubs in the early 2000s, late 90s. But he set those up and uh, he sold equipment for this company. And uh, anyway, uh, Chris and I, we worked and would contract brew. We drive. I drive down from Atlanta. He'd drive up from Jacksonville, and uh, we would knock out three uh, double brews of beer, and it was round the clock, nonstop. And we, yeah, going. We we'd tag out. You know, we'd walk Uh. in. Tanks are full of beer from when we were there last time, and we. I start filtering and kegging. He starts mashing in brewing. It was ridiculous. I don't know how we ever did that. It was beyond me, and it was a very small space. When
1: you look back, you're like, what?
0: We were cranking it out. It's magic. Making and, it happen. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's. Uh, do we have time for one funny one? Yeah, we Absolutely. have plenty of time. Right. Good. Right. So, you know, I love pale ale. That's my go-to. Right. Yeah. And I believe that our front porch pale ale is going to be the thing, the next big thing. Right. Right beside uh, Grateful Red Ale. And one of the finest. When they figure out what it is, I know that's going to do great. But uh, back in back in the days when you could not get beer, Sierra Nevada pale ale was a wonderful treat. Yes, and, uh, and to this day, I still love Sierra Nevada. They're uh, a big inspiration for me and the styles of beer that I like—a balanced malt and hops. You know, so um, one day, w- you know, we had a, a house pale ale, and they actually had Sierra Nevada. They would sell other people's beer there at the, the Texas Cattle Company, and uh, it was a decent steakhouse in Macon, Georgia. So, um, you know, one day uh, they say, you know, why are we selling this one? Why don't we make a pale ale? And I'm like, man, you know, I love Sierra Nevada, so. Chris and I uh, and Wayne Wombles, we're still all tied in together, and Wayne takes off from Buckhead uh, Brewery, which he's running two of them up in in Atlanta at the time. He comes down with me, uh, uh, we're down there, and Wayne does the hop bill. I do the malt bill, and Chris and I, and we put this thing together. We brewed this pale ale, because we love Sierra Nevada, right? And, And once we put it on tap, it was so good. Perfect balance, very small amount of crystal malt. Oh, it's so good. And we're just drinking it, drinking it. And about a week or two later, people are accusing us of putting Sierra Nevada on tap. And putting a different handle on it. And putting our handle on it, saying that we <laughs> made it, you know. And so that never really <laughs> upset me because it's like, you know, I think we're on to something. That's high praise. <laughs> what that means, though, really, it translates to in your, in your beer experience and knowledge is that you think about what you want to do. And you can make that happen on a liquid level. I mean, you think about what all goes into cooking your most you, – your potato salad is out of this world. I, I still can't do it. I tried to do it. It was okay. <laughs> but it's it the wasn't sauce. It's like
1: being a saucier. It, the sauce so- exactly. it's the ooh, sauce. Ooh, like you have to cook it for so many hours. Of, it's gotta be this ingredient. It's, it's, you can't can just throw a bunch of you, stuff together you and rush it. It's like right. it's, it's a magic. It's it is an art.
0: But it's definitely not an overnight thing. And no. And so uh, and to this day, by the way, in case anybody's wondering, is that the front porch pale? Ale, we did a. its a s it is a it is not a Sierra Nevada clone beer. However, there is an homage to Sierra Nevada Pale Ale in our beer, in that we still carry uh, Cascade and the same amount of malt, uh, about the same amount of uh, crystal malt, which is a little bit of sweetness in the finish, mm-hmm. very small amount, but that's still there. And then we we spun off and we're doing other things with like it's like white grapefruit juice now, but you know you, in the background you can still get that crystal Cascade, and oh, it's it makes me happy. It's fabulous.
1: So wait before we get into what we're doing now. Let's wrap up the uh, what you had to do to open the brewery. So you were working a job. You were on the road. Part-time, you were picking. You were selling medical sales equipment. I'm about like, to you're, quit my job. You're brokering. He
2: wasn't selling. You're he, brokering. He, he was a middleman.
1: He was brokering.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I was introducing And then
1: people. there was an English double-decker bus.
0: Uh, okay, all right, That's I, what I'm I see you where, you're, I see I where see you're, you're going. You're no here. Okay, we're okay. so close though. We're, we're so close. So, close. so uh, basically, the uh, making uh, the Texas Cattle Company making Georgia closed down, and it's set, you know, pretty much derelict for about a year or two. And I made some inquiries and found out that it's available to sell. Mm-hmm. I, I contact the owner of the equipment. He says, "Yes, absolutely. It's The only thing I own, you know, the guy that you know, this, that, and all these stories." But uh, basically, um, we find a buyer, and uh, I want to say that this one was uh, some kind of uh, equipment site, and we found someone, and um, they bought the brewery. Mm -hmm. I got, I want to say it was like a five thousand dollar. It was a five thousand dollar commission check. Right. Which I don't know anybody out there that like, like, you know, doesn't bat an eye at five grand. It's pretty nice. Five thousand dollars more today than you had yesterday, and you know, nice. Yeah, and it's yours in your hand. That was a nice little bump. And so uh, basically, uh, I go in, I help tear down this brewery. I wasn't paid for that. I, I told them if they bought it that I would help them any way I could. I did. Showed up, got a hotel room, stayed there, we're tearing this thing apart. That brewery was packed up, put on a truck, and shipped over to Charleston, South Carolina, and today is called Coast Brewing Company. Oh, yeah. Coast is, the, with is, the, is the really nice beer. is all the, awesome. the
1: lighthouse.
2: Logo.
0: Uh they have the big wave yeah okay. okay. yep. 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 no no I've had I've had Coast beer and it's and it's very nice the, the, the people are incredible uh, David and Jamie and, uh, and and their brother I think John uh, got to hang out with them I'm tasting beers that they made and you know their, their their dream is to open this brewery up and I got to be a small stepping stone in the middle to their brewery. I won't take credit for their work but I credit them with giving me that nudge that I needed. To say, okay, I'm single. I got five thousand dollars plus cash now in my hand. Mm-hmm. I'm able to find things. Somehow it works out. You, um, you've learned
1: how to brokerage beer equipment.
0: And and I made less money. Probably I made like less than half of what I made the year before on taxes. But I was fulfilled. I was happier. Mm-hmm. I had more time. You know. And uh, so now I'm like, okay, you know, I think I understand what goes into a brewery. And um, what finally was the the final straw to quit my job was the cash in my hand. I quit my job. Uh, folks were nice to me. Uh, I started going part-time for personal edification at Wallace Community College here in Dothan. And I took a job at the Old Auburn Ale House uh, working with Jamie Ray. And I eventually took over the Old Auburn Ale House mm-hmm. and started brewing up there for two years. Brewing beer, just experimenting, learning all I can learn. And uh, basically I had real guinea pigs for two years. Every recipe almost was different. Right. And uh, the owner, I guess, didn't mind that I was just doing whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> That's a great, what a great learning. Yeah, no, what a great way to figure out how to do it. Yeah. So the double-decker bus. Yes. All right. Okay, so this doctor, um, he's well-known around town, is quite the partier. Um he had uh, lots of uh, girlfriends, lots of friends, <laughs> and uh, you know he's. I actually never knew this guy when he was living. I met him when he was dying. Right. So I never knew this version of Doc that other people knew, and I worked actually for his manager and uh, and for him without ever meeting him for like two years. So they're like, wow, we're really impressed with what you did with getting rid of the Bruce system. We have a moose head. What else can you move? You know, so, I mean, I'm telling you, like, it's really...
1: Like, whatever stuff he is,
0: had collected through his life. It is a comical collection of things that, <laughs> to this day, I just kind of chuckle about. But So, um, uh, the old SEAC building, we have pieces of that still here today. Uh, you know, the one that got torn down. Yes. You know, it was, like There's little pieces of our history that's all tattered and quilted into this business to this day that uh, doesn't make sense, but the, the double-decker bus was the last thing in the doctor's estate after he passed away that no one would touch this is a double-decker english bus not one part made in america not one thing the battery was not even american <laughs> as far as i could tell and it was a 24 volt which is also foreign to me at oh the time. oh my gosh and uh it's sitting in a rv storage area down in panama city right. just rotting in the sun and um so i won't say how much we bought it for but we bought uh my father actually he put the cash up and I, I bought this thing just taking a, a gamble and uh, it would start and it did move on its own power. I want to say fluids were pouring out of it <laughs> the first try and then, uh, you know, tightened up some things and poured, poured lots of oil in it and things of that nature and I would crank it up and um, drive it back. It has no title. It, is, ha- it has the original English title, which was reassigned by someone that wasn't a dealer. And when I took it to get a tag, so it's
1: like you stole a double-decker bus, basically.
0: <laughs> well, I, your words, kind not of. mine. <laughs> yes. But this was something that no one else wanted. No one would take a risk because it doesn't have a title. No one buys a vehicle without a title, right? Like, what's wrong with you? you right. Know? So bought this thing, go back, and I try to get a tag, and and this lady at the tag office, no names here in here in Dothan. She looked at me and shook her head, said, "We know this bus." And Honey, I'm sorry, but I think you just wasted your money. You bought something you can't ever get a tag or a title for. Right. And, you know, so I'm like, I just look at her and I just like, cr- you know, I'm about to crumble, you know. I, I think I'm a You're grown gonna man. You're going to cry in the DMV. I'm a grown man, You're but I'm about not above cry. crying in I'm line a, at the DMV. I, I, I'm going to cry at the DMV. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to cry until you give <laughs> me a title. Who doesn't want to cry at the DMV? <laughs> but so, uh, anyway, basically they so, said, well, maybe not. And they said, let's talk. You know, and they said, okay, there's this thing that you can do. And this... It's a long, boring process that took, I want to say, five months, and calls, and sympathy, and money, and all those things combined got us a reassigned a, a, a new, fresh title. It was confirmed this, in fact, was not stolen. I, you know, it was paid for, and right. I had all the right. proof. So we have this thing now. That five months have gone by, and the bus is sitting out in the front yard of my mom and dad's house. It's killed. There's a spot of grass that will never grow it's back. Still, <laughs> the it's, shape of an English bus. It's still there. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, basically, uh, I spent uh, several months, 10 hours a day, uh, uh, six days a week, I do a half day on Sundays, and I spent about four months doing a complete top-to-bottom um, redo on this double-decker English bus. But, but oh, man, what was in it is, is what's crazy. So, we get this thing, and like I say, Doc's famous for being a partier. Right. There is a jacuzzi in the bottom floor of this Ice. thing. With water still in it. Right. <laughs> Ooh, (laughs) You know, uh, $500 worth of hazmat suits (laughs) and 20 gallons of bleach later, you know, we got the jacuzzi out of it, and uh, we were actually able to, uh, I say we, but, you know, dad's over here peeling off uh, this, there's this vinyl wrap on the thing, which is really interesting. It had some very scantily clad, lovely ladies all about it. Jeremy, uh,
1: was it like a a stripper, double-decker...
0: It was like bus a girls Club. gone wild version of a double-decker English bus. That's nice. so awesome. Yeah, and uh, so um, we're looking at this this thing, and it's really, really just an abomination. It needs to be burned, you know. And, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, I have, I believe that there's something in here. I'm not and, quitting. Yeah, I'm not I'm giving not up on, on this thing. I'm not giving up on this thing, yeah. <laughs> we we I, we peeled the outside layers off. We uh, uh, go in there, and I spent so much time on this thing, re riveted, reinforced. It's like building a house right and and so got all this time in it and thousands of dollars now I mean we spent more on the paint than we actually bought the thing for and uh, I painted it by hand did all this stuff rebuilt and by the way the coolest double-decker English bus uh, front what do you call the part the little compartment uh, dashboard yeah the coolest one I want to say in America maybe the world I converted this thing to 24 volt LED you know how hard that is to do for light bulbs that don't exist oh my gosh i don't so, but yeah. it
1: sounds amazing
0: anyway i was so proud of myself and i got this thing running spent all kinds of money on it got it all fixed up and uh, actually a guy bought it um for a decent amount of money not a lot but enough to uh, have a down payment to buy the land that we're sitting on right now drinking this beer
1: yeah see double decker bus <laughs> led to folklore brewing company See money
0: Seed yeah. money for folklore.
1: Seed money plus the five thousand that he had gotten for the thing. Okay, yep. so here we are. Do we need to take a break? Does everybody need like a refill or? A, I think you do. A, a relight. We can take a quick break.
2: All right. Well, all right. We'll take a quick break we'll come and back. then we'll come back and we'll start with.
1: For where we are now. Where, where we are, where are now and ah. my first
2: experience with folklore.
1: I would like to say our, our first experience. Right.
2: I I remember it distinctly. I do too. Okay. We'll start there. All right. All right.
1: All right, we're closed. back on. Are we back on? We're back on. We are Can
2: I hear myself? Yes. The
1: beers, we're good to go. All right. So we sold the double decker bus. We were on the property in which it has financed.
2: Charlene's here. We are on the radio.
1: Yeah. I was doing two girls and a mic.
2: That's right. And how did you, and, uh, you know, okay, they're, they're sort of a blank spot. Well, will let Charlene how talk How did for a we minute. all
1: get together at the circle at this table? I, uh, okay. Two girls and a mic. And uh, someone just brought up there's a new brewery in town, which perked my ears up because you would be all about that.
2: Did you call Jeremy or how did you?
1: No, 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 no. Had no idea who Jeremy was or any of that. We just came uh, out here. Me, you, and Sandy came out here cold. Yeah, me, you, and Sandy were like, they're having an opening. Let's go check that out. And
2: no, I remember and that's
1: exactly what we did
2: right and we found the place on, and I was
1: we're like what the what
2: is going on back <laughs> where here? are we and you know there was a few cars and it was Jeremy and Jeff uh
1: huh that's it and, oh. Uncle and,
2: and Uncle Kenny and Uncle Kenny yeah. and Kenny and you had two handles on a refrigerator had, it was when the yeah. building was it, you hadn't added on at all it was Nothing. a straight building you had two handles on your original fridge, which you have to keep yep. for when you're nationwide. So it'll go into the folklore it you museum. Where you came from. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow,
0: good, real,
2: yeah, beer and Dothan. I'm
0: so excited. I yeah. remember, uh, I remember you guys coming in and. Uh, Tim's very uh, hard to forget. He's a, he's a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> Got a big beard. Uh, asked a lot of questions. asked a lot a, of questions. And he was a home brewer. And he yeah? was like, you know, yeah, I'm a home brewer. I make some beer, too. I was like, oh, really? Okay, well, let's talk. Oh, to oh yeah, it was, it,
2: was, it, it was exciting.
0: We were yeah. actually building uh, the fermenting room at the time when you were here. We had this big cooler, and we couldn't use the cold side because we would set the temperature to ferment beer with air cooling, which is a nightmare. Um, the equipment that we had that we wanted to use, couldn't use it for whatever reasons. And so we had like uh, basically limited equipment and 100 gallon tanks. That are like giant kegs, basically. huh. And so we were building this little frame, and you were standing there in the frame. We were talking inside the cold room, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that as your first visit. Oh yeah. It, yeah, and
2: it was fabulous. The beer was great. I don't. I think. I, I think it was red.
1: And every single visit since then, the brewery has grown. Exponentially, like I would every have, single uh, time we come uh, out here, it's not maybe,
2: m- not maybe every time because we come a lot, but
1: pretty much there's something happening. something's constantly growing, right. like, like the constantly. Winchester House, you know?
2: yes, exactly. The win- yes. sometimes God
1: forbid you that something should happen to you. The sometimes you go to keep yes. growing. Sometimes yes. you go
2: upstairs here at the brewery and you just come to a door that
0: there's just, a staircase, there's that nothing goes behind nowhere. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All
1: right, so you started with how many beers, and now we're where?
2: Well, uh, we... Yeah, what was the first run? What was, I mean, what was what was the first real go? Raven
1: Red was one of them. The
0: first beer that we brewed on a commercial scale here was uh, Wiregrass Wheat. And this was a beer that I thought about how I wanted it to taste. I knew that people in Dothan were afraid to... A lot of people were very, very timid about trying uh, anything with color or bitterness or, you know... Right. So I wanted it to look like it was friendly enough and uh, and so that people would be willing to at least try it. So it's a light golden color, a little haze from the wheat proteins. and oh, Super delicious. Uh, German uh, caramel and toasted malt, you know, so uh, it's real easy to drink. And so most people that like a lighter beer would drink the Wiregrass wheat and try it. And I don't like to use the word gateway beer because it in, it insinuates that I wouldn't drink it. Oh, no. Wiregrass Reese. No, 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 no. Magically Gateways, delicious. anyways, that you're going <laughs> to delect
1: them with this enticing little beer, and then they're just going to go for more. Okay, hold on. I have to so interrupt for just a second. Beer.
2: That panting noise that you may hear into the background is not Charlene, Jeremy, or I. That would be Buddy. Buddy, who was here from the first day we were the here. The brew house dog. Which will so, also be on the picture you, when we
1: podcast, yes, <laughs> this podcast. He's sort of it's bald and
2: and works...
0: Yeah, Yeah, he keeps dropping the ball in our laps (laughs) the entire time. Buddy is
1: also in on this interview.
0: Let's not rule anything out. That might be me panting as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you started with Wiregrass Wheat.
0: So, okay, we put this beer out. I think we sent out like, uh, I don't know, 16 or 18 kegs to Adams Beverages. It's the local Budweiser distributor. I would love to say that... You know when we were looking for a distributor we only had uh, two local options in my mind because they had to be local and it was uh, either Miller Coors or Budweiser and uh, so I talked with both of them and reached out to others you know but these are the only ones here and uh, it turns out that it worked out very well for us but you know Budweiser is a completely independent brewery and Adams Beverages they deliver Budweiser Uh, But they don't have any ownership stake whatsoever in folklore. But when they go and deliver Mick Ultra and Bud Light and all these other you know uh, beers of their their brand, they'll also take folklore along for the ride. So, you know uh, you know it's one of those. That's wonderful. Yeah, I have this great thing though too. This is just a pure this is pure marketing slogan stuff here. But I thought this was really cool. A little imagery here, okay? You got the Budweiser eagle, right? Anheuser Busch. And then you got the folklore owl and, it, and, it, and it's a meme. Okay. I've never made it. I just like to think about things I like to put on Facebook <laughs> and never do them. But so this meme and it shows the, the eagle and it shows the owl and it says, this bird hunts by day. This bird hunts by night. There's enough mice in this field for both of them.
2: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> no, 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 but very true.
0: Yeah, and so I don't think uh, Budweiser, you know, is is uh, worried about folklore. And folklore is not worried about Budweiser. We we make different beers. We don't make a light beer. Right. And honestly, we have a heck of a time getting anything under 5.5% here. It's just what our system We right. feed the beast, and that's what it produces. Right. You know? So in our little shop of horrors, they range from 5.5% to uh, 13% alcohol. So, now –
1: and, and you've grown, so now we're not just two beers. Now we're like shandies and...
0: Oh, God, I don't ha- even know. I, I want to say between 8 to 12 beers at any given time. that will 10 to 12 beers are, are always here, but some of them are very experimental in nature that we might only make 10 gallons. Right. And, and you're always doing you always do a know. couple of seasonals. Yeah. Um, and we'll split off variations. There's endless splinter cells of experimentation that we can do with any beer that we make. Um, but, uh, yeah. the um, Well,
2: in fact... This Evening, when we came in, you were uh barreling a
0: ah, Shadowcaster Porter. A
2: Shadowcaster Porter in a
0: it is in a um, a whiskey barrel. It's a whiskey barrel, I can't <sighs> name the brand. Let's just say bourbon whiskey and an American
2: um, bourbon whiskey from the
0: southeast. And a little bit of Ecuadorian cocoa nibs may have fallen into it with uh, the Shadowcaster Porter. Yeah, it's gonna be
1: so. We've we have gone from a little refrigerator with two taps on it. <laughs> Now, to how many taps do you have in there? I took a picture. Uh, Uh, I don't
2: know. Maybe a lot. A lot. inside, a full
1: (laughs) inside bar, basically, that serves... Tasting room. A tasting room, excuse me. And a whole outdoor area. A pet... You know, if your pets love beer, there's also an area for them. No there's one a, under 21 right. can no, drink
0: beer. No pets under 21. if you're a dog 21, and you're yeah.
1: 21, you're only three years old. But that you have dog years.
0: If your dog and is dog 21 <laughs> years old, you give them beer. You should go to prison. Right. Okay? We That's have wrong. the fly-by-night
2: grill where you can always get Fly some good by, chow.
1: Right. It's fantastic. And music.
2: And great music. Great
1: music. Great music out here. And you're located in Dothan. How do you get here?
0: Well, um, there's uh, a couple of ways to get here, but... Basically, um, you head south on Hodgesville Road from uh, The Circle, and it's about three miles straight from The Circle, or about a little over a mile from uh, Cowboys, Uh, and really and truly I recommend that anyone that uh, has the technology to say, Navigate to Folklore Brewing. Google. I, I re- send
2: me to Folklore Dothan.
0: I recommend you do okay, that. Okay, Google. You're right. I okay, you. Google. Yeah. when you're when you're on your way here, you're actually going to pull down a dead end road that it used to is pretty much a neighborhood. Well,
1: you're going to come through Kenny's backyard too, I'll go Kenny's backyard. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be yeah. afraid. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Those it's banjos okay. are supposed to be here. <laughs> <Yes. Okay. laughs> nobody
0: worry. Uh, it's very friendly, uh, very laid back atmosphere. And uh, this is where, you know, you're, you're going to go into town, you're going to find folklore. We love that businesses will support a local beer. They'll put our beer on tap. Um, nobody's trying to step on anybody's toes. Dothan is very uh, diversified in its offerings. Uh, we might see some people out here on a Friday night. Tomorrow night, they're going to be at beefs, they're gonna go over here, you know, to Firestone. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna hit the the circuit. Right. Buffalo Wild Wings, Buffalo's. Oh my God, T.J. Fridays. Uh, Everybody's
1: got a little bit of folklore. There's
0: gonna be a little a little yeah. bit of everything, and I I feel like a jerk to not mention everybody, but there's a lot of people. Well, no, there's, I mean, you can get it on Post at yeah. Class Six. You can get it at Publix. Right. You can I get went it into
1: the gas White station the other night. The hoppin. and it's in the hoppin. I'm just I'm so proud of your growth. It's fantastic. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's at the Hoppin. Yeah. Well, see, you which know is awesome. it's at gas stations now. There
0: is a little bit of a disconnect, though, because, see, we make the beer, but with a three-tier system, we sell the beer, and we no longer own the beer once we sell it to the distributor. The distributor then will go around, and they have relationships. There's actually laws that prevent me from going and getting people to say, or me calling in an order and saying, oh, uh, they would like to order three kegs of this beer. So, you know, all I can do is say, Hey, guys, they're interested in beer. Would you ask them and they'll give you an order? You know. So
2: Jeremy can't go to Restaurant X and, and flog beer?
0: I can go and, and say hi and ask how things are going. When, Try you know, this. In, in our copious free time, which really, honestly, I feel that I should be doing more of that. But uh, there is a disconnect between making the beer and finally getting to drink the beer in town. But we're trying to figure out ways to um, make better better uh, situations occur where we might do a tasting or a release party at one place and and there is nobody that is off limits you know it's like anybody that is willing to put a local brand on and say hey look these guys make beer check them out sometime they come out here and uh, when they leave here they're going to go get dinner somewhere they might uh, break down and want a a really high class corn dog or, or chili dog over here at fly by night grill next door you know, Absolutely, or, or you can go get some, you know, uh, hand tossed uh, Mediterranean style pizza at Firestone, or you know, you, you some can delicious Buffalo Wild Wings. Anything you need? KBC Butcher's Block. Yeah, yeah of course. I, go hit some stuff up. But that's the thing is that.
1: But you want to come out here, like you want to come here. What I love about coming to Folklore Brewing Company here is that when you come here, you're here, your sister's here, your mom's here, you know, your uncle Kenny's always here I mean a family Jeff business. is here it's, it's a, a family, family business. business and when you come here like people don't have their phones out people aren't in their phones there's no TVs around there's no like people it's old school like you are actually going to be talking to people interacting with people having fun you're going to meet new people it's fun there's just so much to do real here you real fun like old yeah. school fun you know it's it's a great great music you're gonna have real bands bluegrass bands uh who was here at halloween who's uh john uh,
0: john corbett uh, john
1: corbett was here the guy
0: from my big fat greek wedding yes yeah. right and there's it's a picture fantastic. of me dressed as jesus
2: yes singing right. with john Cor- Corbett. so if, if you want to see that i know it's out there somewhere <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll sell you the rights to that photo yes! if you wish to use it yeah.
1: <laughs> So come out here and have a great time. Taste uh, some meager beginnings that has has turned into some
2: okay.
0: Before we wrap this up,
1: though,
2: what happens June
0: first? Oh, this is interesting. Um, so, all right, we have uh, we have uh, some awesome folks out there that sell beer. What's called off premise is when you go to a store and we could say um, anywhere from just say any retail outlet, and you go in, you buy a beer, and you take it home. Right. That's called off premise. Well. Um, you know, those beers usually go for between five, six bucks. You know, you might find somewhere a little, little more, a little less. But yeah. around five, six bucks, you can get a, a Bomber, which is a 22-ounce bottle of Folklore. And we do, you know, we've done probably 12, 13 different styles that rotate through, but we have at any given time about five to seven bottles out there. And so what's, what's taking place is a law change just went into place that says, okay, when you go to a brewery, You can buy up to a case of beer, or a growler of a beer that we don't even bottle, and take it home for your personal uh, consumption to enjoy. You're gonna do a barbecue. You're gonna go to the beach. Whatever. (laughs) I can't wait. So this is almost a hundred years that a beer has been sold from a brewery legally in Alabama. That's correct. And uh, we, I've had friends. I mean, I've had all kinds of people, and you, you guys are, are, are friends. But even you, I I wouldn't take your money. Uh, We would say, what if I just left a $100 bill and I were to take a keg? It's like, well, then I would know that I've sold a beer, and I can't do that. And that would be unethical. I can't do that. (laughs) You know, part of it, too, is that I'm not smart enough to be devious, and I can only have one version of the truth. Exactly. It's too hard to be a liar. You you, you
2: have to be really smart to be a criminal.
0: I like freedom. Exactly. good. So, anyway, uh, June 1st, this law goes into place, so... On May 31st, we're actually going to have a midnight party. We're, we'll open about 8 o'clock, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at 12 o'clock, exactly, the the changing of the registers occurs, the new day, sales day starts, and we will have growlers and bottles offered here at the brewery for the first time in almost 100 years in, in Dothan, Alabama, uh, at least. Yes, and I'll be at the front of the line, people. <laughs>
1: you, will. <laughs> you
2: will. Good
1: luck getting around the six foot two, big bearded, bearded guy, guy. Yeah, the, the big bearded player with, with big player. sharp elbows. Yeah, yeah. Good the big luck. bearded
0: bald guy at the front of the line. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. He's gonna be palming two growlers, <laughs> one in each hand, you know, doing a victory dance. Now well,
1: you guys have a Cinco de Mayo event coming up. You guys have all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, You're going yeah. to be at the Southern Brewery or Brewers. Southern
0: makers—that's uh, up that's in Montgomery. This yeah, they're celebrating people that make things, and this is something that I would give as a a thing. Yeah, you know, we kind of skip over some things. There's a lot of things, a lot of money and time and effort and desperation goes into this business right. to get us started. We never had any money. We never had any backers, and we never had anybody want to give us money or loan us money. There's no such thing as an angel investor. And uh, throughout the process, where where we were is to release that first beer. And somehow it, it happened. We had a lot of support. Actually, local government uh, did a great job. Um, we had uh, folks. We're not technically in the city of Dothan, but Houston County, ABC Board. Everybody was. As long as you play by the rules and you do what you're right. supposed to do, you get a lot of support. You here. can get it going, but right. So where where we were uh, having you know real struggles um, to to where we are today is that. It ultimately comes down to um, people out there that recognize and appreciate people that are trying, people that um, have good intentions, people that will give back to their community. um, Which is so important. Yeah. And and there's something somebody asked me. Actually, I had this conversation about uh, two hours before you guys got here. uh, Is that, you know, competition is where, you know, you have two businesses that... Uh, create products. and then, For us, it would be beer. Right. And uh, Dothan, you're going to see more breweries popping up. And, Absolutely. And I hope that that's true. It's the true. nature
1: of the business.
0: I hope that that's true. Uh, what's going to happen is there will become more breweries, and some people will get in it, and they will figure out, and they will learn, and they will, they will improve, or they'll come into it already knowing what they're doing. But regardless, is that the day will come where there's multiple breweries in Dothan, it's like, cool, we're gonna go check out Folklore tonight. We're gonna shoot over here at Enterprise. We're gonna shoot, we're gonna check out this other brewery. Right. We're gonna go over here in Headland. We're gonna check out this brewery. We're gonna go downtown Dothan and see right. what this brewery is doing. And to, to be so narrow-sided as to not appreciate other people trying and, and bringing a craft and an art uh, to our city, um, I, think that, I think that that is cutting yourself short. I believe that these, these breweries are coming. I welcome them. And uh, I will say that. Uh, I recommend everyone work at a brewery. Yeah, <laughs> to well, uh, to yeah, get I mean, you, you know wet a, a, your feet a little bit. A
2: rising tide brings up all the boats. Everybody Absolutely. wins. Well, man. I just there Absolutely. was an article
1: on Facebook the other day, and it was talking about how Dothan is the top ten countries, top, top ten business friendly D- towns. D- yes, D- top ten business friendly. Did you post it?
0: No, but I'm I out a repost. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh,
1: but it was top ten business friendly towns. Like Dothan mm-hmm. is top ten towns in the United States where you can start your own yeah, business, man. and I think. That is the beauty of this show is to get there's stuff to do in Dothan that, yes, you can start a business and you got to do the work. You got to do the study. You got to do the investment. You got to do the stuff on the side. You got to... But it can grow into this amazing thing. Like, now here we are at Folklore Brewing Company. We're doing a podcast. We started with two taps on a refrigerator and now we have weddings here. We have um, John Corbett here. We have... Buddy's still here. A lot, yeah. yeah a lot, I mean, it's you, know, just, you know, it's lots it of lo- fantastic. Know, right. I mean, it's, super it's just good. a dream come true. And if you haven't been to Folklore Brewing Company, you should definitely put that on your list of things to do. Because Absolutely. Because once you come here, you're like family. Like, truly, you are a part of the family. Thank, you are.
0: Thank you for that. And, uh, you know, not wanting to sound like an ad, but, uh, you know, by building the brewery where we're at right now, when you when you get to the... Th- the, the end of the road here you're almost to the brewery you're actually looking around and you've never been here before and you think this is not right that, <laughs> I must be lost that means you're almost here and, exactly uh, it's so people really have to want to come out here and find it and go out of their way I do believe in a very relaxed uh, casual atmosphere very friendly uh, we're not looking to uh, squeeze every dollar out of every person that comes in here this is so that you know, when you're in town and you're at a restaurant. You know, the real focus of folklore is to create a local product that is not just made here and enjoyed here, but that we export this. Like Dothan, as far as breweries are concerned, uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, beer that's made in Dothan is there. Uh, in Auburn, Alabama, you know, all throughout the Wiregrass, and eventually the state, and eventually multiple states. Right. And we become a, a, a exporter from the state of Alabama. And uh, I will say this, uh, everybody that is going to create a business, that that on its own is very difficult to do and to create jobs, that's ultimately what this comes down to. We have uh, over nine people I I think right now. Um, This is where we started off with one part-timer and myself. Uh, My part-timers still make more money than I do (laughs) and I'm okay with that, I get free beer. We pay, You're tax. Happy. We You're pay happy. tax on that Free beer. beer. <laughs> Free beer. But, you know, with this law changing, uh, this is – last night I was in Montgomery, Alabama. I was meeting legislators, people that pushed this bill forward, and I actually said to them, look, I know that you hear a lot of rhetoric and, oh, push my thing, and you hear all this lobbyist you know, stuff. This language, which I think is kind of ridiculous. But I said, you know, you hear people say, well, this is going to create jobs, and this is going to create revenue, and this is going to create tourism. I said, but you watch – People are going to go to the state of Alabama, they're gonna stay in hotels, they're gonna eat at restaurants, they're gonna visit the brewery, they're gonna get beer to go, they're gonna leave here, they're gonna go back, they're gonna tell their friends. Yeah. And they're gonna go out of their way to come back to Alabama and we're gonna pay tax on those bottles, we're gonna help hire more people, we're gonna create more jobs. We're gonna we're gonna spend that money here. Right, exactly. If you know, when you're going to,
2: you know, the big chain multinational places, that money's gone. Yeah. It doesn't come back to the community. And this, I think this does this does man this is this stays local. It, 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 it is a win win for everybody.
0: I'm a little bit on a joyride right now. I, I get to see as this as this is all taking place and happening. I never knew what it meant to create a job. I never knew what it meant to see an impact on a local level. For real, I will take pride and I will brag Absolutely. on that.
2: Absolutely, mm-hmm.
0: you know the beer is solid, but but creating jobs and helping people sustain their life and their livelihood that is something to commend and that's another reason why i say that these these uh, uh small breweries that'll spring up these these other create support jobs.
1: them yeah support them.
0: and and let's get some uh competition going let's create an environment that makes it fun to run the circuit of breweries right. in Every, dothan alabama exactly. yeah you
1: come to dothan to do a southern brewers thing but it's in dothan yeah. and we've got like five or so breweries yeah. it's fantastic yeah jeremy thank you so much for having us And uh, thank you for your fantastic beer and your your Cuban cigars. I'm sure Tim enjoyed that. Honduras, Cuban. Ah, Honduras, Cuban. You can catch us at uh, hashtag dot thelocalpodcast.com, and The Local on Facebook. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. back to drinking some more beer. All right. We're going to (laughs) drink some more beers.
2: Bye, y'all. See
1: ya.